0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the show where we're hanging by a thread so thin that a single negative podcast review could do us in. My name is Christy.
1: And my name is Illumide.
0: And this is the Big Empty Purse Podcast.
1: Honestly, sometimes, like, I make it to a new week, and I'm genuinely surprised by how I made it to that new week. (laughs) I'm just like, wow, we made it. Okay.
0: Welcome, everybody. We are so excited this week to have a guest with us. Our guest is my dear friend, Willow. Willow is a recovering theater kid, marketing specialist, and deeply enjoys the sexual tension involved when a waiter is waiting for her to say when, as they are adding fresh cheese to her food.
2: There's never enough cheese. I I could (laughs) let them go on forever. I like to make eye contact. I like to watch them have to choose the when instead of getting it from me. (laughs) But thanks for having me on, guys. I'm happy to be uh, in the purse with you. (laughs) Welcome to the purse. <laughs> Does the purse become full when people are in it or is it always empty?
0: It's always, it's empty. always empty. There's nothing that could fill the purse. <laughs> every every week,
1: week it gets, gets worse. worse.
0: Yeah, so Big Empty Purse is an Amy Winehouse lyric from her song Fuck Me Pumps. Okay. <laughs> About a woman who's like going around to all the bars and, and never quite finding what she wants. And she's walking around with like her big- Like people em- or drinks? Both. Like in people, in life. <laughs> 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 yeah. And she's going around to all the bars every night with her big empty purse and every week it gets worse is the lyric. <laughs> like the purse just get, is getting beat up. Life gets worse, man. okay. Oh, okay.
2: Life- oh, okay. <laughs> so she has the empty purse, but life is getting worse. Yes. Not the purse is becoming more barraggled <laughs> by each bar it visits.
1: Probably <laughs> <only> that, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we are so thrilled to have
0: you on today. Thank you for being here with us. Welcome to the shenanigans. Let's start off strong. Illuminate, what have you been up to since the last episode?
1: You already know. Let me tell you something. Last week, I was having a good week. I have to say, all things considered, let's call fair fair. That was a good week. This week, <laughs> Back in the shit house, I had nails in my tire. Not one nail, two in the same tire <laughs> yesterday morning when I was going to work. And then, okay, the weather has been good. So let's give myself that.
0: Wait, wait, are you just going to like fly by? Did your tire like deflate? Did it, was it? Were they just there? They or? were just
1: there. Okay, so I must have rolled <laughs> over just, the like, nails. At, yeah, it didn't pop. It, I rolled over them and then it's supposed <laughs> to be 40 PSI or 42-ish PSI. And it was 32. So of course it was throwing a low pressure. And I was like, oh, let me just go pump it. And I go grab the pump, I was gonna go pump it, and I see one nail. I'm like, ooh, that look closer. I'm like, wow, there's two of them in there. So of course I yeeted the car to a repair shop where they promptly charged me a whole bunch of money to stuff those holes. That was great. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll probably need a new tire sometime soon, but let's worry about that later. I'm gonna take one problem at a time. What else has been miserable? Everything has been, oh, traffic. Traffic's been miserable. This is a great segue to the story I was about to tell. So I was driving home yesterday in traffic as I am wanted to do. And it was raining here in Baltimore. It was a yellow light and I was going not too fast, maybe 35. And then I realized it's a yellow, but usually I just gun it and I go through the yellow, but that specific Mm -hmm. street light, because I've lived here for so long, I know it has a stop line camera. And if your car is anywhere over that white line, they take a photo of your license plate and you get a ticket. So I reconsidered my life choices. Like, let me hit the brakes real quick. <laughs> so I went to hit the brakes. However, there was someone behind me who probably thought I was going to in and go through the yellow. But they were not right. on a four-wheel vehicle. They were on a two-wheel vehicle. Yeah. For those of you who understand any kind of natural laws of physics, you know that the traction from a two-wheel vehicle is not as good as that on a four-wheel vehicle. And it was raining. So they were yep. skidding towards me. <laughs> Luckily, they have good reflexes. And instead of them hitting me, which I'm glad they didn't, they swerved so they wouldn't hit me. But the problem is if you swerve on a two-wheel vehicle, there's no balance. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Oh, it, no. It was a lady. She just toppled over. Oh, no. <laughs> and she just smacked herself on the ground behind me. And, of course, me being the Mother Teresa that I am, I sat in the car, wound my windows up, and acted like I didn't see. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, no, God. So she was just out there struggling. Everybody else around me got out of their cars to help her. And I was like, I didn't push her. It, it had nothing to do with me. <laughs> and uh, it's raining. So why would I leave oh, the car man. in this rain? So. Shout out to that lady. She's the real champ. She's the MVP. I hope you're well.
2: Oh my God. My hot take is I really don't think motorcycles should be allowed on the road with real cars. Like, it just doesn't feel like you should be allowed to be out there. Yeah. There's no walls or right. roof, and there are like actual vehicles on the road. Like, we've decided to make like a really fast bicycle, and we went, that can compete. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But the thing is, you know what? I, I sometimes have to think about it. Like those motorcycles get something like 50, 60 miles to the gallon. So as a money conscious <laughs> person in this economy, I understand why people would opt for a motorcycle, not a car. It
2: makes sense. Yeah, but then you fall over when you're skidding through the rain yes. and then you have medical bills. <laughs> <And> you, uh, <laughs> you lost all the money you saved.
1: Oh, the movie that you recommended, Nope, by Jordan Peele. I did see ah. it. It was great. It was great. It wasn't what I was expecting at all, and I won't even bother spoiling it, but I did like the direction they took it. The emphasis was more on capturing the phenomenon rather than trying to explain the phenomenon, if that makes sense.
2: Is this the like horror alien
0: movie? Yeah. Yes. Yes, this is Jordan Peele's new horror movie uh, that's out in theaters
2: now, which is like an alien monster movie.
1: Right.
2: They're like trying to get like the shot of the aliens so they can make money But then this is the way the aliens are like, please fuck it
1: not (laughs) Right, right. So this is why I thought it was interesting. I think that's probably why the people who don't like it don't like it is because the movie wasn't about explaining too much about the phenomenon. It was a, the focus was on trying to capture whatever it is. Of course, there were some things along the way. So I thought that that was a very interesting new take on how to tell the story. So shout out to Jordan Peele. He's doing good work. At least he's putting things in a perspective that isn't predictable. Also, Kiki Palmer is a good actor, but Kiki girl, come see me. I'll give you some acting lessons because you know how when somebody's acting and you can tell they're acting, you can uh-huh. tell she was acting. It's almost like the muscle memory of okay, I close my eyes, then I opened it five seconds later as opposed to making it seem natural. You could tell she was thinking about the steps of her act. But she did a great job. I really like her. The personality she plays, I think, was fantastic. Daniel Kaluuya, like you said, did a great job. The delivery of the nopes in that movie, like you said, I knew they were coming, but I didn't know when they'd arrive. And when they arrived, took me out clean off. I was was crying. I was crying, laughing. It was great. So, yeah, that has been my week. I think it's probably more eventful than the past three months put together. So... I love that for me. Before I I let you go, I'm gonna let you finish. But there's also a movie on Netflix that I know is going to be garbage. It's a vampire movie. I was gonna watch it before (laughs) I got on this call, but I only had 10 minutes. And even when I speed watch a movie, I think 10 minutes is still too short. I might have needed like 12 minutes and I knew I didn't have enough. So um, (laughs) when I get off this call, I'll probably watch that. Anyway, Willow, is it your turn? What have you been up to since the last episode, which you weren't here for?
2: Just for me, it's as far back as I want. You know, I was born, I exist. I don't (laughs) know, but... (laughs) <laughs> Things that have happened recently in my life. Um, my parents just moved to Virginia, hey. which was like, oh, good for y'all. Um, it, it's been a really weird thing where, like, I knew it was happening, but they are very good at telling me fuck all. So, like, <laughs> suddenly I just got a text from my younger sibling. It was like, we're in Virginia now. And I was like, well, hot damn you are. Um, <laughs> So, but luckily they live now, they live a respectable like two and a half hours away, which is the appropriate mm. amount of distance from parents. They're they're here <laughs> if I, you know, like want to want to engage with them, but they live far enough away that I don't have to and I have valid reasoning. Um they also yeah. moved to Bumpus. Virginia, which really sounds like bumfuck Virginia, uh, and I mean that's the
0: real name. It's called Bumpus. I thought you were just
2: like saying it as a phrase, no, like no. as in they moved to the middle of nowhere, Virginia. That's the real name. Dude. <laughs> they did move to the middle of nowhere, Virginia, but it actually is called Bumpus.
1: <laughs> Where did so they far move I from? I have not
2: seen them yet. Florida.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, yes.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm from Florida. Um, <laughs> I'll see myself out. You're, you're right. Uh, and then other fun stuff. I'm getting ready. The end of September, I'm going to Firefly Music Festival. Hey. So I'm starting to think yes. about the outfits because, you know, what yes. am I if not a theme bitch? And so, you know, if I'm going to do it. a festival, it is going to be complete with many looks with the EWK spelling. <laughs> um, so really, really excited for that. So glad that they, so they moved it during COVID traditionally is a summer festival mm. And last year, they did it in September, and they decided to keep it in September. And I was so fucking excited because oh. it's a camping festival. Is it cooler and weather? And, like, mu- like, it's still warm, but it is significantly cooler than mm. July. Yeah. Like, it's in mm. Delaware. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hot. It's Ooh. so, and, like, you're sweating like, drinking and running around in a campground and, like, listening to music all day long. So even, like, the little bit of cooler weather, and especially cooler weather when you're going to sleep in a tent. Yep, July will fuck up a look real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. You just have to preemptively, like, take a spray bottle to your makeup and be like, I'm watercolor. Like, yes. you just, you <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the last, like, piece I wanted to talk about that's happened recently is I re-watched The Stepford Wives. Hmm. which I don't know if either of you have seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, It's Buck Wild. Uh, (laughs) It's this like weird, dark sci-fi comedy where this like powerful woman has all these like uh, TV series. She's like a TV producer. And the TV series are all about like, fuck men, women power. And like one guy comes in and tries to shoot her. So she has a mental breakdown after being fired from her job. And then her and her husband move to like Pleasantville, USA, and all the women are these like perfect blonde robot homemakers. And she's like, what the hell is this? And as the movie devolves, you find out that they are literally like the men are bringing their women, they're removing their brain wow. and like putting microchips in there. And like <laughs> they're becoming Stepford Wives, which are these perfect like antiquated women who are like just, oh, we're little, like, they're the perfect fuck machines who bake pies. Uh-uh. Um <laughs> Um, My favorite part was I was watching it with my girlfriend and we get like 30 minutes in and she goes, is this hell? (laughs) (laughs) And she had never seen it and I was like, excellent. 10 out of 10. Like the best response to this. Yeah. You would like this movie Illumina. You should watch it. It's, weird and funny and
1: there we go i will be seeing it and i will report back it
2: has a lot of famous people in it too it's like definitely one of the it's like from 2004 and you saw the the more recently made one because
0: i think it was there was one that was the original was in like the 70s or no, 80s? yeah i saw the nicole kidman one <laughs> yeah okay that's what i thought yeah it is nicole kidman okay i thought i was remembering that but i didn't know enough
2: i didn't want to lie <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, it's, oh i,
1: I guess it. it's based on a novel i have it's everything? based on
2: a novel yeah. oh that makes yeah. sense it is Interesting enough that it would make sense for it to have been a book
1: by Ira Levin. Ira Levin, yeah, a talented photographer, wife, and young mother who suspects mm. a submissive housewives in her new idyllic Connecticut neighborhood. Oh, of course, it's a Connecticut. Of course, <laughs> it's a yeah, of course, it's a Connecticut. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs>
2: think, I think they actually they crush on Connecticut about like where would you go to build a perfect neighborhood that no one would pay attention to? Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut. <laughs> it's
0: Connecticut. It's an entire state of suburb. That's like this is this, <laughs> this is it's Con- the essence of Connecticut. This like, makes sense. I remember this movie, actually
2: watching it and thinking about you.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, of my plight of living okay. in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode?
0: I got my monkeypox vaccine today. Wow. Yes. They gave me a tie-dye band-aid and everything. It was great. The moment they would let me in, I was like, give me this fucking vaccine. I don't want another Panasonic. Just give me the fucking vaccine. So I got in the moment I could. Virginia residents, if there are any of y'all on the call, a lot of the vaccines are offered like through different counties or cities, but they're pretty much all open to any Virginia resident. So like Mm. I got mine through like the Arlington County Health Department, but it's open to any Virginia residents. So Go get, get your vaccine, please. How many don't. shots are there?
1: <laughs> oh, there are two, aren't they?
0: There's two shots. Yeah. There's two um. shots. I don't know if you've experienced any of this. People trying to very, like, very delicately balance, like mm, gay men are very at risk. But like, also we've been here before about like, <laughs> all gay men with the pandemic. So like, maybe let's not this time. Mm. But also I have one, one gay male friend whose parents were like, very, very so gently. They were like, how can we put this? We care about you a lot. Please get your your box
1: next (laughs) seat. It's not sexually transmitted. It's not sexually transmitted. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. we know, we know. Like the reason why they're doing that is re the AIDS pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, which is good for them to make sure it's very well known.
0: Anyways, I'm not here for another Panda Express. No, 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 no. Everybody, go get your fucking vaccines, please. Like,
1: we need. Like, we're starting to slowly dig ourselves out of the pancreas breadcrumb. So I think uh, (laughs) we don't need another pancreatitis. Get your fucking vaccines, people.
0: Prevent the pterodactyl. Get your (laughs) monkeypox vaccine anytime you can please. This is not even a thing that happened. This is just a thing I'm hyped for slash I'm weaponizing Willow for this against Yulamide. Ren Faire season is approaching. Uh-huh. <laughs> it approaches. I promise you we will do it in a way where you can escape the moment you don't want to be there anymore. But I need you to experience the Ren Alright. because it's a hot mess in the best way. Oh, it's, it's so And fun. I'm so hyped for
1: it. But here's the thing though. I think it's time to pay the Pied Piper because Christy told me about this last year and I said, you know what? I'll come i've said <laughs> it is it close enough to civilization it's in annapolis oh okay wait yes let me ask again is it close enough to um <laughs> yeah 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 well my, well, my costumes um be allowed?
0: Yes, yes. One of the best parts of the Ren Faire. You can absolutely serve looks. Yes, I have corsets that will put my tits on my chin. Oh, and you can straight up for wear it. whatever.
2: I've <laughs> seen people at the Ren Faire in fursuits. It makes no sense, but like live your truth.
0: <laughs> and I've said this before when we brought it up last Ren Fair season. Even if the Ren Faire itself is not your thing, I think you would enjoy it. But even if it were not, judge people. it is 100% worth the price of admission if you were to pay for the ticket, walk in the front door, take a seat, and watch people all day. Yep. Oh, yeah. The people watching is chef's kiss. Yeah. Also, in consuming content, Willow and I together watched a masterpiece of cinema, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I, I had never seen this. I had never read it. I had heard people shit on this movie, but it was like... Let us let us experience it for ourselves.
2: And it's oh. great. It's poetic cinema. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. I feel bad for the actress because one of the big things she has to do, and it's like in the book, because I'm one of the bitches who's read the book, <laughs> is she has to bite her lip because like that's one of the really sexy things about her in the book. So this actress, for two and a half hours, has to make it look like any adult human woman sexually this bites her lip. Her lip. Every, like, two and a (laughs) half minutes. Like, Homegirl must have had to have so much chapstick on standby. (laughs) Munchin' and crunching. Oh, my God.
1: First of all, of course, I didn't read the book. I don't read. I went to public school. But (laughs) I saw the trailer for the movie, and I was like, wow. And the only reason why I watched the full trailer is because Beyoncé did a cover of cra- of her own song, Crazy in Love, mm-hmm. for that trailer. The delivery of the dialogue, even in the trailer, was so <laughs> stiff. Oh, God. Yeah, and that's so what funny. they used for the trailer. I'm like, the rest of this movie must be garbage.
2: I don't think I'm ever going to get over the toast scene. I think that's no. going to live on in my soul for the rest of eternity. Oh, my God. There is this truly surreal, <laughs> strange little moment where, <laughs> like, the main character, like, went out drinking and, like, Got a little too tipsy and like the overprotective, like creeper love interest dude, right? Like flies in and like swoops her up basically. I guess she blacks out or something. Anyway, long story short, the next day, like they haven't like hooked up or anything, but he's like, you can never get that drunk again. And then he crawls up on the bed on top of her. She's like eating a piece of toast and she, he's crawling up and he goes, <laughs> if you were mine, you wouldn't be able to sit for a week. And then he just opens his mouth and takes this giant bite out of her toast and just <laughs> scurries away.
1: What is happening? <laughs> Don't-
2: That was one of the
0: funniest things I've seen in a movie in
2: a long time. (laughs) What? Like, have you ever watched someone try to take something so buck wild and make it sexy? Because that's what it was. And it was just so funny and alarming. And like, they really went in on the Foley work. You could like hear the toast crunch as he took this bite. It was like a very crunchy toast bite.
0: (laughs) goes because what was the dialogue in this movie is like takes
2: the bite of the toast and it's like I need to take a shower. And then
1: <laughs> Now that you're describing it, I have to see this mess.
2: Yeah, for the listeners, look it up. I'm sure you can search like Fifty Shades of Grey toast scene. I'm sure it's infamous. <laughs> it's so funny. It's extremely funny. The whole movie was
0: funny like problematic. I'll throw that in there. Everyone has railed about how problematic this movie is. It really is. It's a terrible depiction of BDSM, but rolling back from the problematic for a minute, which is like a given. It's really a funny movie it's really really
2: funny it's very funny i remember when this movie came out and like they had private showings where you would just go in with like 50 of your girlfriends and watch this movie
1: (laughs) are we gonna play a game today are we going to play a game today
0: we are going to play a game today we've got three people instead of two so i like our chances we are gonna do some trivia it doesn't usually go well
1: we've only ever gotten the three questions right one time it happened three weeks ago and i don't know if it'll happen ever again
0: I'm honestly so impressed that it happened once. And we count it if either of us gets the right answer. Like when we say we got all three questions right, we mean that I think two out of three of them, one of us answered wrong. Right, me. Mm -hmm. Between the two of us, we got the right answer for all three questions. But watch, you're going to be here and like kill all the trivia questions. Please don't put that energy on me. (laughs) I make no promises. (laughs) We're starting off with animals today. Trivia question number one which marine animal is the only known natural predator of the
2: great white shark whales it's, it's one of i think it's one of the really big whales and mm. it's not even that they hunt them i think it's just their mouths are so big they like and i could be fucking this up 10 ways to sunday <laughs> i think it's like a one there's a big whale that i think like basically eats them by accident
1: just sucks everything out of the water and if they're in there
2: i think so but i that could be a very very off-kilter <laughs> thing i am
1: you know what i'm going to go into will's answer and just say whale not even any specific <laughs> type of whale just whale. Just, say, <laughs> 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 just whale.
2: greater chances
0: I feel like maybe it's. I have no evidence for this either, other than like a lot of nature documentaries where they're real assholes, but the like orcas, the killer whales. Like they just Okay, so like whale. We're, we're fucking we're in assholes. the whale zone. <laughs> okay, whales, whales. We'll just lump all of these animals together and be like, Whale. Oh, whale. I like our odds. And we all agree. The marine animal that is the only known natural predator of the great white shark is the orca, the killer whale. Woo! hey Look at that. Whale. Asshole Excellent. sea animals.
1: Whale, whale, whale.
0: Whale. <laughs> what do we have here? <laughs> we did so whale, you guys. <laughs> okay, trivia question number two. Stag party was the name originally chosen for what popular men's magazine?
2: I, hope- I feel like it's one of the dirty women, like dirty men's magazine of women's pictures, but it also could be some kind of historically gay male popular magazine. Stag mm-hmm. Party could really be an OG name for either.
1: Yeah, because the phrase me and my girls are going stag, but I don't know what the fuck it means or where it came from.
2: Well, a stag mm-hmm. party is the British version of a bachelor party.
1: I didn't know that. That's
2: that's what's oh, stuck. It's in in Britain and maybe all of Europe. It's a stag and hen party as opposed to a bachelor bachelorette. Mm, so a stag party is like a male like bachelor party, which is why I think it could be mm. like either of those things. I don't know.
1: If you're good, you know Playboy? what? I'm just gonna steal every Willows answer on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Playboy.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say hustlers so that we have like chances even. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if it's a... Is it a British magazine
1: then? I don't even know names of men's magazines. Like, who fuck Vogue. Vogue. <laughs> who, who knows what a magazine is? I don't
0: know. Yeah, there's like Dirty Men's Magazine. The only like not like Dirty Men's Magazine I can think of is like GQ.
2: Ooh, one of those three feels... Possible. Okay, between the, th- the three men magazines... I'm leaning into the rules where like, of. if any of us go with an answer, we get to count on the Wait, answers.
1: Sports Illustrated is not a men's magazine?
0: It I'm, is. Yeah. I think not like technically yeah but basically it is i mean like what sports are they illustrating i don't know (laughs) and they have the fucking swimsuit edition like it's just it's just a like dirty magazine but they're like also sports so like
1: okay well
0: so we've got hustler playboy and gq stag party was the name originally chosen for playboy hey
1: thank you willow i appreciate you (laughs) (laughs) i'm so
2: happy that i'm I'm like in the right wheelhouse for two of these yes i really was like i'm gonna contribute nothing (laughs) it's gonna gonna be real uh uh-oh
1: we might get three Mm -hmm. for three today i don't mean to jinx (laughs) it but here we go
2: two out of three is already better than we
0: often do (laughs) Alright, let's see what we got with trivia question number three. Dazzle is a term used for a group of what type of animal? Motherfucker. Well.
1: Dazzle. A Whale Dazzle. Dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> dazzle of whales.
2: Fireflies?
1: Peacocks.
0: It's gotta be something like impressive, flashy.
1: What if it what if it's not? What if it's something really boring?
0: Who came up with these anyway? Like who, who coins these? so So far i'm thinking like peacock firefly or starfish i'm gonna go with ants ants Ants. a dazzle of ants
1: you know what let me just say insects insects insect Insect? and i'm also including spiders insect and spiders (laughs) something in that realm
0: a dazzle of insects and or spiders
1: yes i don't know because it could be a bird it could be it's
0: right. you've got butterfly oh. in there which could be, potentially oh, it could be a butterfly bird. it could be a bird like a lot of the birds are very like flashy, Dazzly. colorful showy
1: you know what somebody say birds in general <laughs>
0: just each say like one tree of the animal kingdom
1: <laughs> this is gonna be a fungi. guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> just as a fuck you
1: not a fun guy
0: a dazzle of protozoa <laughs> i don't have
2: a good answer <laughs>
1: don't. i don't
2: know i'm going with firefly we're gonna hope lying. for the best. Okay, two out of three is not bad. <laughs> what are you going with the
1: Insects and/or spiders uh, and/or spiders. You In- <laughs> <laughs> gotta stay vague. My my yeah. gut feeling is ants, but I don't fucking know.
0: I'm, uh, suddenly, my brain is like very convinced it's birds. Okay, um, And birds it is. It's like a starling. It's a Ooh, star. Okay. Dazzle of starlings. If it's bird, I'm still gonna count that, but I'm gonna pretend like I have a specific answer and say starling. <laughs> okay. Moment of truth. Dazzle is a term used for a group a group of zebras. <laughs> Uh, wow
1: Wow! <laughs> right. we were neither close it. nor anywhere near close
0: <laughs> even with our giant vague answer
2: <laughs> we literally said so many answers a dazzle of zebras i love that i know that now though like yeah. i feel good for learning this along the way and now i will be saying it to people
0: can we all go out <laughs> in zebra print or are we a dazzle <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe i'll wear it to the rent fair oh the Ren Faire.
0: yeah <laughs> You should absolutely wear zebra print to the rent fair.
1: Well, it's out of three. We did well. good.
0: That is a good week. We we are passing. Yes. Hmm. So, the topic we'll be discussing today is therapy. The number of times we've discussed mental illness on this show, y'all know this episode had to be coming. (laughs) And here we are with it. Here it is. Therapy. For the long-time listeners who don't know what this answer is about to be, Elimade, what has been your personal experience with therapy?
1: It hasn't. (laughs) There isn't. We are not. As much as I recommend therapy to everyone, you know the funny thing is, I remember when my parents was like, so do you want to go to therapy? And I was like, Mm-mm. and here's the thing right i need a therapy but for but not for what they were recommending i go to therapy for it's the gay thing mm. and i'm like right mm, i'm not going to therapy for that i'm sure i hell not going to therapy for that although i should have but also I, I didn't want to be rude and be like maybe you should go you're the one with the problem <laughs> but uh i yeah so have i been to therapy no i i do as i do most things diy i unpack my own trauma DIY. under the influence of drugs it's worked horribly. It's a very stupid game. <laughs>
2: Highly disrecommend. <laughs>
1: 10 out of 10, do not recommend. You must not do this thing. But um, that's a stupid game I play, and I've continued to play it. How about you, both of you?
2: I'll jump in. I have been in some level of therapy on and off since I was around 16, not consistently the whole time, It's finding a therapist that you actually like is a bitch. But I have been consistently with the same therapist actually for the last six years. And today was actually my last session with said therapist because um, mm-hmm. because my parents moved out of yeah. Florida, I, I can't see a practitioner in Florida anymore cause <laughs> healthcare is a fucking oh, shit show in this country. Fuck that. Yeah, no, so my personal experience with therapy and to get into the weeds of it, so trigger warning to the listeners, My initial intake to therapy was I had quite the challenging childhood and was struggling pretty aggressively with it. And I became a cutter and uh ended up showing my mom my wrists all slid up as a cry for help and she put me into therapy. And my first therapist sucked. And it was just (laughs) terrible. (laughs) It felt like I was talking to this like weird movie version of a therapist. Kind of went without for a while and then got into college and started processing some of the like childhood trauma, but also was experiencing. So because of the the childhood stuff, I had generalized anxiety disorder as well as panic disorder. And when I got into college, I had removed myself from the triggers of my childhood home and like being around my family. But once your brain has been programmed for a mental illness, baby, you get that for life. (laughs) So um, I I was experiencing (laughs) panic attacks that were not triggered by anything for the first time Mm -hmm. and I was like fuck I need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. So I ended up finding a counselor that was at like my school's health and wellness center and she was wonderful. Of course as is the way she left the school and didn't go into private practice. I was raw-dogging my mental health for a while. And, but then I actually, my younger sister had a therapist, and that is a the therapist I've been with for the last six years, actually. Yeah. Let me tell you, there's something really, really, really fucking nice about walking into a therapist and having them preloaded with your family trauma.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, she already knew yeah. a lot about my family and my parents and the specific ways that they potentially could have fucked me up. She also happens to be like this really cool, tatted like
0: warm human. I've told listeners before I have bipolar disorder. That's been that's been around since I was like 13 or 14. I never I was like very quiet about it and felt like I couldn't deal with that because I was trying to keep my like family stable as a teenager. So it didn't really come to a head until I was in my freshman year of college and had like a real breakdown like Thanksgiving-ish freshman year. I remember Thanksgiving-ish because my RA was like, all right, like, we need to do, we need to get you to a therapist. Like, we need to get you to, like, university health services, yada yada. And I was like, yep, you're right. Like, I wasn't trying to fight that. I was like, yep, yep, you're right. Like, (laughs) therapy is what needs to happen. This should have happened years ago. (laughs) And the university kindly informed me that I could get in with a therapist at the beginning of the next semester in January. Of course. So I struggled my ass to January. (laughs) It was, like, not the best therapy of my life, but it was the first time I'd ever been to therapy and it was, it was good. It got me through my like first semester in college was just terrible. Like really, really bad. And that second semester, like I cut, I cut way back. I like really like tried very hard to like figure out what was going on in therapy. I was like working on this mental illness for the first time in my entire life. And that semester went really well. And I kept going to therapy throughout undergrad and it helped a lot. I did go through a few different therapists though, throughout undergrad, because like the, the university mental health systems are just terrible at a time when a lot of people really need mental health care but i know like at one point during undergrad i went to a therapist who was like truly not good like i don't know if they like weren't good or if it was just like such an utterly bad fit i've experienced like fine therapists i've experienced therapists who were like really bad and then in graduate school i saw a psychiatrist for the first time when i like sought out medication for what was then labeled as generalized anxiety and much later was diagnosed as ADHD. Actually, like I had a good therapist in grad school and actually a wonderful psychiatrist who was also served in a sort of therapist role for me. She was the first one to suggest like she prescribed me some like ADHD medication. I was like, oh, but I don't have ADHD, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she she was like in the place like we were in a place where she was like, I don't think you have ADHD, but I don't not I the
1: not the think you have ADHD. <laughs>
2: as it turns out it was a good call for a silly little comment just because you mentioned (laughs) a psychiatrist versus psychologist there was this ridiculous post i saw that was so funny and it was about the idea that like psychologists are like mommy and psychiatrists are like daddy Where (laughs) where, like psych psychologists are like oh my god how do you feel and let me give you a hug and like let me help you work through it and a psychiatrist like cool try this see what happens (laughs) Like one is so invested in your emotional. oh my like psychiatrists tend to be like brass tacks. That's that's
0: not inaccurate. (laughs) Honestly, I'm glad I went to therapy for no other reason. This is not the only reason in case you're not sure listeners. If for no other reason than to understand the therapy memes, the therapy memes that are on the Internet are just they're so good yeah my psychiatrist in grad school like wonderful person also like a weird relationship she was a hot mess oh bless her that's the word that's the word she was a mess she would be late to our appointments she would cancel appointments she was like so frazzled okay this is not (laughs) i'm getting really off track already this is not the relationship you should have with your therapist or your psychiatrist but this is what happened with me she confided a lot in me about her life including in graduate school i did a lot of work as an advocate for like sexual harassment, sexual assault prevention for graduate students. And she knew this. And like, I talked to her about it and she like talked to me about being sexually assaulted in med school. And I was like, this is really not, (laughs) this is really not the relationship we should have. Oh no. But, but like, it, it speaks to something in that, like, I was really opening up to this person about my life and like building a connection with a therapist is like a, a weird balance between like a very raw personal thing. And also like a, transactional relationship of like this person is a professional who's helping you. And like figuring out that, that line and what works for different people is is interesting.
1: Since I have nothing to contribute, I will ask what are the benefits of therapy?
2: Ooh. To boil it down to the raw piece, I think therapy exposes you to the tools to take care of yourself, mm. what I have experienced in therapy that's been so helpful is learning to mentally reframe, mm. because your brain is a very powerful tool, and if you can get it on your side of whatever problem you're facing, versus fighting against you or spiraling you, you are going to be able to work through almost anything.
1: I haven't been to therapy, but I agree with that statement.
2: I think I would agree with tools as a because that's that's part of
0: why I feel okay. And like I said, I've gone in and out of therapy in my life. I'm at a point right now where I feel very stable, but I also like would not be opposed to going back to therapy, and like I'm sort of always like checking myself like is this a time where I should find someone but therapy has given me those those self assessment tools and the tools to like work through things day to day and like be honest with myself about where i'm at i mean number 1 like having someone who you can say literally anything to, like any any relationship in your life, like even if it's someone you like really trust and confide in, like that person is a part of your life, they're invested in your life. Like anything you say to them is gonna have some impact on like right. them, how they think of you, how they relate to you, how they relate to other people that you're talking about, like, which is not necessarily bad. It's important to have support people in your life who have that context, but having a person who is like a totally separate entity, talk things through and it's like, if you say it the wrong way, if you say something like offensively to someone, if you say, if you say something that's too raw, like it's okay, it's fine. Like this person is someone who's there that you can just say things to and verbally process things, which was really big for me to be able to just like talk through instead of having it all just like swirling around in my own head. You it's, get to take like the nicety filter off and that's yeah. really
2: fucking nice. Yeah. Here's the
1: thing. Chrissy has known me for long enough to know this. That nice filter, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't. Maybe if I, this is what I'm saying. Like it falls out of my mouth mm-hmm. the way it falls out of my mouth, which is why I don't have very many friends. But th- this is the thing. <laughs> I've calculated in my mind. So if I'm saying it it's because I've calculated that whatever fallout I'm going to get from saying it the way I've said it, I don't give a fuck about that fallout. I'll just say it. Yeah, and so like me having to like filter yeah. I don't do the filter thing. If you don't like what I'm saying, fuck off. It's very simple. <laughs> it gets See, me in I've trouble i have to but. filter
2: very little to ver- like at all because of therapy <laughs> <laughs> learning to like not do a lot of that stuff has been huge
1: a lot mm-hmm. of the and I have to recognize my privilege being a man in this world affords me a little bit of privilege to be able to say something with very little filter mm-hmm. even I had a meeting uh, yesterday where my time was being wasted and I said <laughs> I have other things to do I don't want to be here and I got up and left yeah <laughs>
2: I love that. I love that.
1: That's how the thing goes.
2: I cannot imagine a woman doing it, but I would love to see it happen.
1: <laughs> if, you, if I look across the room and everybody's face is saying the same thing, everybody's acknowledging just by the look on their face that this is a waste of time, but everybody has that nice mm-hmm. filter on and their time is being wasted sitting there. And I calculate in my head, the amount of work I can get done, which is what you're paying me to do while I'm here, is greater if I leave this room. If anybody has a question as to why I left the room, I will tell you this is the amount of work that I have to do. And you then, I make it your problem. Would you rather I sit here and waste my time? time or would you rather I accomplish the work you're paying me to accomplish yeah <laughs> but I leave the room and I say I don't want to be here it's a very simple thing like and I've just realized that in my life the worst thing that will happen is somebody will take an issue with it and we'll have to go to fucking HR whatever like it's it's a very simple thing to in my head but like maybe that's why i need therapy maybe i shouldn't do that i'm like very much the
0: opposite in that one of the things i've worked on in therapy is being like a terrible people pleaser like i will do anything to make sure that everyone else is comfortable like fuck myself so like therapy is like also a good space for exploring those sorts of like christy what if you were sitting in a meeting that's wasting your time and you were to say this and of course i'm sitting there i'm like uh i would die (laughs) that's what would happen i would literally like turn into ash and like fall in the pool. but like it gives you a space to like what if i like say those words out loud like okay like maybe i won't actually say them out loud when i get in that situation but it's like a space to explore like what would that feel like,
1: like- i'm now living on what i call free time free time free time as in at any point in my life i shouldn't have made it past that point there's several points in my life where i was like this is going to be the end and then when it's not the end i'm like Okay, we're gonna try whatever we try, we're gonna see what we see. Like, I don't think many other people have had the kind of luck. I'm gonna use the word luck to say this very vaguely. I've, I've come to the other side of many a problem. And from here on out, it's free time now. So I have to make the most of this free time. I have to do whatever it is that-
2: That's such an interesting way to take it. I have to make the most of this time. It's free time, but I have to make the most of it. Yeah, it's As free opposed time. to like, it's free time, I get to enjoy it.
1: Oh, I see. No, I'm not enjoying any of it. <laughs> But that's how the thing goes. I'm working very hard now, so that person five years from now doesn't have to work as hard. And the person I am today, I'm enjoying the benefits of what five, 10 years ago me put in place. I didn't get here on mm-hmm. accident. That's what I mean. So now it's free time. I can't just lay back and enjoy because I know that, yeah, I would like to lay back and enjoy because, yeah, whatever didn't take me out, I'm still here. But I also have to think about if there is a chance that I survive another 10 years, what is going to make me 10 years from now more comfortable? And how do I do mm-hmm. that? So I'm not wasting my time. I'm not playing any of these fucking games. It's a horrible way to live. I guarantee You're always anxious and you're always thinking about the next thing. But it, it, it works. I know it works because it got me here.
2: No, it's, it's such an interesting perspective. And I definitely, I relate to it from a very different side for, apparently I'm gonna be the trigger warning bitch of this podcast. (laughs) I'm a suicide survivor. I am here purely by luck. Had I had my way in a moment of crisis, I would not have been here. And I am so fucking grateful to have my life and be here now. And it's like given me this like real sense of preciousness around it, around like living in the moment and being authentic and enjoying what I have in this moment. Anxious people live in the future and depressed people live in the past and happy people live in the present.
1: And I think a lot of, I don't have very many regrets because I I plan, too hard to have regrets but (laughs) nothing happens by accident i say that as a joke but it's really not i don't want to say it this way because it's a lot of it's one of the misconceptions about therapy and we'll get there in a second but therapy i believe and i know it's a terrible misconception but it's still in my head it's it's a luxury for people who are able to see past their immediate survival needs Mm. if you have a whole bunch of Mm. physical stressors sitting on your neck you are trying to figure out a way to physically survive that mentally You don't even think about that.
2: Oh, yeah. I think that's when you are in survival mode, you might need therapy. But being able to just like even look up can feel impossible. I wasn't able to do my therapy work until I was out of some level of survival mode. And I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine being a disenfranchised person who is like taking care of two children and actively unsure whether or not they will be able to eat that night.
1: There's a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of immediate shit sitting on my neck that my mental health has to fucking wait. It's sad to say that it's really sad to say that because I, I wish I had the luxury of focusing on that. And I was saying to Chris maybe a few, many episodes back where I think I'm fairly good at unpacking my own trauma. The only reason why I even focus on unpacking whatever trauma that it is I have to unpack is because there is something sitting on my neck that I have to get on the other side of that I'm unable to perform well enough to get to either side of unless I unpack this tiny part right here. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I think I think that's the way therapy traditionally works. I think there's granted the more trauma you have, the pile is bigger. <laughs> so like, some people are unpacking like an overnight bag. Some people have got like a house.
0: <laughs> no, that's been that's been one thing with therapy for me is like, is like, I've been I've done like the short term therapy where it's like, if I don't go to therapy, I might die. Like,
2: not a joke. Where it's like, this is triage. We are in triage mode. We are bleeding out and we are
0: looking for like a lifeboat. Yep, And I've been in that therapy and it's so important. I've also been in therapy where it's like, this is long-term, like I'm dealing with a lot of things from the past. There's a lot of things happening, but like, I'm at a place where I can come here every week and make space and work on this, which is a privilege. Like one of the benefits of finally being in that place, which I only got to through a lot of therapy, has given me the space to have bigger perspective changes on like, I'm unpacking all this. I'm working through all of it. Like why, why, like, what am I trying to get to? And a lot of my therapy work has been like recognizing that these things I was working towards and like that I was like driving myself towards and really stressing myself over were not things that were going to bring me anything I wanted and were not going to solve the problems I thought they were going to
2: solve. Like a lot of the like ambition and the the shoulds. I should do this. Yeah. I should do this. I should do this. Mm-hmm. You can get to a place where you're like, why, 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 why the shoulds? Why the shoulds? What about the wants?
1: I've said this as a joke, but I'm not kidding. Therapy after I make my first 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Once he's not poor. <laughs> because I'm poor. The luxury of, yeah, I need to have a good padding behind me. Maybe things go way left. I need to have a big pile to fall back on. Will that ever happen? Who knows. I might die still needing therapy. <laughs> oh,
2: gosh, the first thing, the first thing a good therapist is gonna be like, so why is, why is money so important to you? What, what is the insecurity <laughs> around that that we feel like we need that security before we can move forward? And I'll
1: say to that therapist, will you pay my bills while like, I <laughs> sit here and tell you about my problems?
2: Can you pay my bills? Can,
1: can you pay my, my telephone bills? bills? My auto, my
2: <laughs> well, I'm hoping you're not living a $10 million life.
1: You don't know that. Do you know that?
2: It sounds like you should scale back your life. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. Generational trauma is huge.
1: And that's why I need therapy. But I don't go because I'm too busy worrying about the bullshit that caused me to want to ever be in the place. I know.
2: That's why you have to go.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. The way I handle my anxiety is I do something about it. I don't just sit there and be anxious. If I think about something I'm anxious about, I put something in place just so my mind stops worrying about it. And you know what's always great about it is... Once that plan is in place, I guarantee you one day it comes and I need that plan. I've never had a plan that I put in place that I didn't activate in time. Interesting. It, it always comes in handy. I'm like, I'm happy I did that when I did it. We can ask the next question if you want to move ahead.
0: What are some reasons why people decide not to
2: go to therapy? Because
1: we're poor. Because we're, that's yeah. my only contribution <laughs> to this episode, but, Because I'm poor, that's all.
2: Do you think if it was free you would do it? Or you mean poor in the sense that you feel poor, so you feel like you don't have the space or time to work on it?
1: Both. If it were free, I would do it. If it were free, I'd go see a therapist. Easy. But if the therapist says these are the things you need to address, I show up and they're like, your anxiety is through the roof. Maybe take a sabbatical from work. I'm telling that therapist to fuck off because I'm too poor to just take a sabbatical from work.
2: Yeah. And I think finding a good therapist is finding one that like works with you where you are. Right. Like we love a good woo-woo bitch, but like functionally we are (laughs) living in the real (laughs) bitch. That's gonna be my Instagram (laughs) handle now. (laughs) We're living in the real world. Like I'm a woo-woo bitch. I'm a I'm a bit of a hippie, (laughs) but like we are also living in the real world. And like we have to have the concept of what the real world is. I'm to my answer about like what are reasons people decide not to go to therapy. I think a huge, especially for people who have tried it and like not had it worked really well, like having to unload and like share your trauma and your life with someone is exhausting. Like telling your personal narrative is fucking exhausting. It's actually funny because some Gen Zers have started to make like therapist PowerPoints yeah. where they'll just like they'll send a fucking deck and they're like, here's some things you should know about me. And they like try to like get some of the legwork. Oh,
1: I could do it in five minutes flat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's
0: it's not it's not a joke. i have a word document outlining all of the major points that i would bring up to a new therapist i mean like part of it is that like i have a bad memory and tend to ramble and i was like i need this for my own centering but i was like also it is exhausting it's super exhausting yeah. like and like my past therapy has been like revealed like oh like this thing that you didn't remember happened or mm. thought was not important uh, like, ADHD. <laughs> Oh, ADHD. that thing is actually really important so like i have it all written down which is a, I hate opening that word document. Oh man, do I <laughs> hate opening that word document. But it's been very helpful. Like the question is why do people decide not to go to therapy? This is honestly a reason like that's kept me from going back to therapy at times. Like when I've stopped seeing a certain therapist or like it's been a while and I feel like maybe I need to go back is like starting with a new therapist is
1: hard. It's hard.
0: And you don't know if it's gonna be a good fit.
1: For me, who doesn't go to therapy? Compartmentalization is my favorite thing. <laughs> There are problems because also add anxiety on top. There are problems that I will worry about because I can do something about them immediately. The ones I can't worry about, catalog container store. Container system literally I I literally there's so so many like things just come at you fast and you're just like, oh this one is not gonna hit me like a ton of bricks until three weeks. All right, we'll worry about that in three weeks. Next <laughs>
0: <laughs> Delhi
2: counselor only like, taken a number <laughs> I'm matching the DMV. <laughs> Literally.
1: Are there any topics that are truly off-limit in therapy? Okay, so the reason I put this in, because of the 5150 hold, the law that says if you're about to harm yourself, they cannot actually hold you.
2: You're talking about Baker Act, being Baker acted? Yes. Where they like put you into mental health, like self-protective mm-hmm. care yes. for 24 to 72 hours? Yes. Maybe yeah. longer. The grippy sock vacation. The grippy <laughs> sock That's vacation. what I'm saying.
1: Now, I'm not saying scam the therapy session to make sure if you do need to be put on a 5150 hold, say that shit so they go put you in one. But. There are policies, though, that mean certain things. As someone who's never been to therapy, I I would be terrified of going unless I've read every single fine print of all the policies.
2: I think that is one of the spaces where having an experienced therapist is super valuable because an experienced therapist is not going to freak out. I know from my personal experience, not with me getting grippy socked, but (laughs) one of the biggest... (laughs) one of the biggest and most difficult parts of me starting therapy was that I have three younger siblings. And so there were minors in my house still when I initially sought treatment. And there were pieces of my childhood that could very much be considered neglectful or harmful. That was something I had to really minimize and hide in my initial therapists because I didn't want to risk having like child protective services called on my family. I needed to do my own processing work, but I wasn't trying to like make life any harder for the rest of my family, specifically my younger siblings. But I would wager that they are a lot fewer and further between than people think. And in terms of grippy sock vacations, your biggest protective measure against that is choosing an experienced therapist, because they, if they put you in a grippy sock vacation, you probably, you need to be there. And that might be hard, but like, but they're also a lot more likely to be able to listen to, and again, like, I'm a suicide survivor. So like that is a a big charged thing that like when I've had to address with new therapists that there's a lot of like, I'm good now, but this is part of my my past. We've
0: talked about like we've mentioned the trigger warning already but like again a trigger warning for suicide like i am also a suicide survivor and like i have been like very very honest with therapists and again like the, the the humor is the coping mechanism and i think it's one of the healthier ones honestly but there have definitely been therapists where i'm like they're like have you had any thoughts about harming yourself i'm like yeah like in general yeah <laughs> when i was like really suicidal it was like all right i'd like to be dead <laughs> like, <laughs> and like none of We're this all is good. okay none We're of good. this is good We're... like this is this is why you go to therapy but like this is why you go to therapy and, like, Experienced therapists will be like, you're making a joke about that, you're processing it. I see how that's becoming more generalized instead of more specific. Like, It doesn't sound like it, it sounds awful. Like I'm saying a thing that sounds awful, but like for me,
2: that was like a big progression.
1: You know what, you're working on it and you are getting better.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and that's one of the, that's another big (laughs) piece that therapy gives you is the ability to like get very real with yourself in a way that you aren't shaming yourself. You aren't giving yourself guilt. You're like giving yourself self-love and grace to experience these negative emotions or feelings or whatever and be able to like process and work through them because I think a lot of times we work so hard to like hide that shit Mm -hmm. that like you're never gonna be able to address it if it's like shoved in the bottom of a fucking closet
1: on the road to self-awareness which I don't think is independent of all of this mental health stuff we're talking about I don't remember a time after like being seven years old where I wasn't comfortable sitting with my thoughts no matter what they were Mm. I I was a very I was a kid that was by myself a lot so like I just got comfortable so whatever that thought was I got to the very bottom and under whatever that was I wouldn't be like oh that's a scary thought let me just let me go turn on Flintstones No, you. the whole hold it up. No, you'd, you'd, you'd sit to the bottom of that thought. And it let me realize that I can either do something about it or I couldn't. And if I couldn't, sideswipe it until you could. And if you can, start working on how you can do something about it.
0: How do you address instances if your therapist offends or upsets you?
1: Beat their asses.
2: Bluminous <laughs> <laughs> throwing fists off the couch. <laughs> okay, like if they were saying something offensive, Mm -hmm. I think you call them the fuck out. Like Mm -hmm. if there is a misunderstanding or a misgiving, therapists are people too. And if there is like a privilege blinder or something, like I know I have a friend who is working with a new therapist who is very unaware of what it is to be a queer femme Mm -hmm. and has kind of a male privilege scope that they like don't know a lot of stuff around. (laughs) And so that therapist is like unintentionally, I'm sure like offended this friend and this friend just has to be like, hey, actually I, I would... I think you maybe need to do some more research on that. And I think a good therapist will be open to the concept of that. If your therapist upsets you, I think that is a really good opportunity for you to ask why what they said was upsetting. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes a therapist will just really call your ass out and you'll be like, oh, (laughs) fuck and like that will hurt but it potentially can be a really good opportunity for you to be like what about this reading me to filth basically is triggering for (laughs) me or making me feel really crappy and how can we use that in a positive way to start working on whatever that issue is.
1: I had another jump off question like the flip side. Mm. If you offend your therapist so badly and your therapist is like fuck off then what?
2: (laughs) You said that your therapist is like fuck off?
1: Yeah what if they say I mean not like you you, you do something and they're like okay wow wow okay leave my office please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know you find a different therapist I
1: guess I feel like Some people Choose to go to therapy To validate That their trauma is real Not so they can work To fix Or get on the other side Of unpacking And living You know what I mean They just want to go to therapy So the therapist can say Oh yes that's real That's true And then validate That it did happen
2: I mean that's a valid thing thing though i think you tend to need the second piece but like gaslighting yourself around your own trauma is also very real like being able to be like here's the raw facts and have another person be like yeah that was fucked up can be the validation you need to be able to do the work
1: but that second part when it doesn't happen irritates me and Mm. i see a lot of people go to therapy and that's they've they validated all their trauma but they're not doing any work to fix it and now that becomes their personality Mm. i've seen many people Mm. do that and i can't stand that nonsense
2: yeah i was actually i had a conversation with with my therapist about the concept of like yes i have been in therapy for a lot of years but i have done a lot of the work on my own and like that's how it needs to be it's like piano lessons if you only play piano for the one hour you have a lesson twice a month or once a month you are not going to learn how to play piano but if you go to piano take your lesson and then take those practices and apply them in life and practice them, you are going to learn piano and therapy is that same level of tool. Like it's not all of your work isn't going to be done in one hour therapy sessions. You have to take the things you learn and talk about and apply them and do the self work. It's not traditional medicine in the way that you can go to a doctor and they can be like, you have an illness have antibiotics and then you will heal and you don't have to do anything except for take the antibiotic it's more like physical therapy where you're given exercises and mobility and then you have to continue to do that work yeah
1: so i think we're saying the same thing mm-hmm. i'm just saying it in a harsher and more problematic term no
2: no no <laughs> i mean i think it's it's a valid point <laughs> it's a big one i think a lot of people are like well i'm in therapy and nothing's changing it's like well are you doing the work but yeah i think being able to be like oh like is it nice is therapy good for everyone Like, is there something everyone, the happiest person in the world could talk to a therapist about? 100%.
0: Oh, yeah. Could I spend an hour every week bitching about stuff? Absolutely, I could. Easily. We do it. Easily, yes. Easily, I could find an hour's worth of things to bitch about.
1: No matter how good my life is. I would like to be fixed without having to sit through an hour of therapy every week. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how that works. So, off to therapy we
2: go. Off to therapy we go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually the line that we'll end the episode on. Off to
0: therapy we go. So, that concludes our episode. On therapy
1: thank you so much for joining us and a special thank you to our very special guest below thank you so much for being on the podcast today
2: thanks for having me uh i couldn't have lost my podcast virginity to a better show so thank you guys so much and yeah woo go therapy uh, le- lean into that stuff that makes it a little icky and like find what makes you feel better. And self-love happens when you can look at the shittiest parts of yourself and still love yourself as a whole. And I think therapy teaches you to be able to do that.
1: We'd love to see it. Willow, where can people find you if they would like to find you, if you would like to be found? <laughs> Nowhere. I
2: <know>. Um <laughs> Right. If for some reason you really want to connect with me, I am not a find me somewhere, pl- but my uh, Instagram is Wildfire Willow. You can mm-hmm. find me there.
1: <laughs> for the rest of you listeners, thank you again for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future.
0: Next week, we'll be talking about language. Until then, good luck.